Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil, based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. It's V-Week on ESPN as we continue Jim Balvano's Fight Against Cancer. Welcome to the jump fueled by Marathon. Today's opening tip. So here's a James Harden dunk from the third quarter last night, considering what happened afterward. Ooh, I don't even know if anyone remembers no this happened. Right? <laughs> I forgot all that about that. I was doing the nosebleed thing. Now everyone at least knows that it's a celebration and not that he actually has oh. a nosebleed. Right past Rudy Gay. Man. <laughs> I forgot Harden can get up like that. Oh, um, man, that was impressive. He's a big guy. I think that's like gets lost sometimes. I mean, you see him shoot threes and get to the line. Right? We don't see a lot of a lot dunks of that. like that. He's got long arms, which are very helpful. That's for that. I've, heard, that's the, I've heard that's good. You're an expert. You've been around this game for Thank a long you. time. Thank Welcome you. to The Jump. I am Rachel Nichols. Today is Stuart Scott Day at ESPN. So we got a little booyah for you. We'll be talking about Stuart throughout the show. We also have Brian Windhorst, host of the Hoop Collective podcast. And oh, I don't know who's over there. Oh, wait, it's a finals MVP. The truth. The truth is in the There we go. So this will be a truthful show. Coming up, Frank Vogel says Anthony Davis, quote, can and will win Defensive Player of the Year. The truth will weigh in on whether that is the truth. We will discuss in a moment. First, though, the NBA's regular season is 176 nights long. And some of those nights are thrilling, and some of them are pretty dead. And sometimes, well, things get a little weird. Last night was definitely the latter, as the Spurs beat the Rockets in double overtime, thanks to a scoring explosion from, wait for it, nope, not, not LaMarcus Aldridge, he wasn't even playing, not DeMar DeRozan. No, it was Lonnie Walker, who prior to this game was buried so deep on Greg Popovich's bench, he'd been averaging six minutes a night. But against Houston, Walker broke out, scoring 28 total, 19 in the fourth quarter, as the Spurs were able to complete a comeback from being down 22. Which means on the flip side, the Rockets coughed up a 22-point lead, and they also had um weirdness with two of their superstars. On the one hand, James Harden scored 50, which is extremely, extremely good. But he did it on 11 of 38 shooting, which is not so good. In fact, Harden is the first player in the shot clock era to score 50 while shooting below 35% from the field. Not great, Bob. But hey, at least he wasn't Russell Westbrook, who scored 19, shooting 7 of 30. Yeah, I just want to repeat that. Russ took 30 shots and ended up with the same amount of points as his teammate Austin Rivers, who took eight shots. And yet, even all of that is not the really weird part of last night. No, that distinction goes to this moment with just under eight to play. Watch Harden steal the ball and then dunk. Officials thought the ball went back up through the hoop. So after going in, that that would have been a no basket if that had happened. But as you watch the slow-mo replay here, you can actually see what does happen. The ball goes all the way through the net, then whips the net forward as the ball comes out and hits the rim. And and look, I know the NBA has had a lot of rule changes over the years, but when a ball goes through a net, (laughs) that, my friends, is a score in any time, in any place, except, I guess, in San Antonio last night because the officials didn't recognize it and then wouldn't let Coach Mike D'Antoni challenge it. Much later, after the game, the officiating crew admitted they had made a mistake, but the Rockets were incensed. 
The way they saw it, if they had had the two points, they would have been ahead when the buzzer sounded to end regulation, would not have been forced into two overtimes, and eventually the loss column. Now, sources told our Tim McMahon that the team is, quote, hopeful the NBA will now take action, either just outright awarding the victory to Houston, Mm -hmm. McMahon reports, or ordering that the final seven minutes, 50 seconds of the game be replayed. I can tell you that just awarding the win to the Rockets, not going to happen, kids. A replay? Well, there's some precedent. Remember this Heat-Hawks game from 12 years ago? Officials called a foul on Shaq, which they thought was his sixth, which knocked him out of the game. Except, haha, it was only his fifth foul. So Miami protested, and when the Heat and Hawks met again a few months later, they played their regularly scheduled game, took a 15-minute break... And then replayed the final 52 seconds of the earlier game. Except by at that point, Shaq had already been traded to the Suns, so he wasn't on the court for the replay, which had been the whole point of redoing the end of the game to begin with. And there is more, though. The NBA has actually replayed parts of games four different times throughout its history. One was Spurs-Lakers. That was a game in 82. Another was a Hawks-Bulls game in 1969. The other instance came in 1978. That was during a Nets-Sixers game. Referee went a little crazy, calling three technicals on the Nets coach, which, I mean, you only get two. Uh, the ref also called three techs on a Sixers player. Again, not allowed in the rules. So the NBA decided to replay part of that game. Except then the Sixers and Nets made a huge trade midseason. So by the time the replay date came around, several of the players were playing in opposite uniforms and went down in the final box score as scoring points for both teams. Not bad. So, does last night's mistake reach the level of any of those examples? We will wait for the NBA to decide. For now, though, it's just a very weird night in the association, a league which clearly has already had its share of them. (laughs) All right, Paul, do you think the Rockets have a legitimate case to replay the last seven minutes and 50 seconds of that game? they, They were up double digit points. And so, I don't know. I mean, where do you begin with this? Do you say, all right, we're going to put seven minutes on there and put them up 15 now? Right. I mean, I I don't know. I think the Rockets, they blew this game. I don't think you need to go back, look at it. You know, I've seen blown calls on fouls, blown calls on guys stepping out of bounds. KD did this. We stepped clearly out of bounds, but never have I seen a blown call on a made basket. Right, this was against the Rockets, right? Nobody called. This was clearly he was out of bounds. But... That's human error. And that's the reason the NBA went to three referees. Right. To, to take away a lot of the human error. Look at this. Right. <laughs> that's a blown call. This game, Who knows if record, it's going to the game. <laughs> but a made basket blown call, I've never seen that. This is unprecedented. Well, that's the Rockets' point, right? Their point is, and people will, look, obviously the Rockets have a little bit of a history, Brian. Is that right? Of complaint, complaining? Should we call it complaining? Oh, it's been Pointing well out things that they feel are documented or wrong. Or part of some controversy. Current controversy. <laughs> they have gotten a lot of pushback this morning of, hey, you lost the game, to Paul's point. You're, you're, you're up by 22. This yeah. is not the reason. I mean, that basket is not the reason you lost this game. Their point back, and I talked to the Rockets guys this morning, was, hey, it is a basket. Yeah, it is not a guy true. stepping out of bounds. It's not a lane violation, which is what one of those other yeah, games was yeah. replayed for. It is a basket, the essence of what we are supposed to be doing. Do you buy that, or are you on the so, Paul 22 points issue? No, I mean, I, mean, I don't know where do you start with they it, can't, They can't decide the rules based on the score. They have to mm-hmm. apply them the way they are. Right. The only, as far as I understand, the only way you can replay a game is if the rules were misapplied. In this case, it was just a blown call. It was a particularly egregious blown call. You'd hate to see it. 
but it was a blown call. Yeah. So I do not believe that it will be replayed. The only thing that's interesting is that the fact that the replay, the coach's challenge was involved. And whether – like, I had not heard that there was a 30-second rule on that. That was very weird to me. So maybe there is a 30-second rule that I just don't know about. But if that is possibly that that was misapplied, that would be the only area I think they would have a leg to stand so on. So would they just replay the coach's challenge but not the rest of the game? No. I mean, what are we replaying here? Yeah, I, right. I think it's going to be a disappointing defeat for the Rockets, unfortunately. I mean, Paul, to your point, there have been other games, right? I know our producers found some games where guys mm-hmm. stepped out of bounds. I think there was an Oklahoma City Thunder yes, game involved that was a classic one. last year, yeah. right? This one? A couple of years ago. Right? Yeah. This was 2017. They couldn't review it because they didn't blow the whistle. So now they blow the whistle on everything. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. Clearly out of bounds. I mean, right. what is oh, the right. ref doing? He's standing right there. But again, this game, not replayed either. And and look, oh, that is, there is a difference about... A blown call and a misapplication of rules. That's the legalese that I can give you. Best I can say. The uh, Rockets are not going to be happy. They rarely are. <laughs> Let's move on. James Harden and Russell Westbrook caught, shot a combined 18 for 68 from the field last night. Wow. I, I'm just going to let the shot chart play out. Still going. Still oh, going. According right to Elias court, Sports, that is the first time two teammates combined to miss 50 shots in the same game since. Yes, Mr. Celtic Paul Pierce, John Havlicek, and Sam mm-hmm. Jones Missed 50 shots in the same game in 1965, so more than 50 years ago. Paul, does this concern you? No, or is no, it no. You know, Danny Age once said the most important stat is the FGAs. Yes. <laughs> but that was just him. But that doesn't concern me. These guys, uh, they're going to – one, you're not going to have two guys off this bad in one particular game. Now, if anybody's capable of doing it, it's these two <laughs> again because they take a lot of shots in – you know, Westbrook, he's not shooting the ball great from downtown or, or mid-range, so it could happen, but I doubt it. I mean, we're talking about NBA history right here, missing 50 shots. 50 combined shots. It's hard enough to get two guys to take 30 shots in a game apiece, right. let alone miss 50 shots. The reason the number got so high know. is because there was double overtime. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so well, we talked yesterday about how Westbrook is not getting triple-doubles anymore, but he's still putting up good numbers. The one thing I was worried about with Westbrook coming into this season is that if you look at his efficiency – in the last two years, it's been on a downward trend. Now, three years ago, he had one of the great efficiencies of all time, won the MVP. Mm-hmm. But it took a precipitous drop. Now, this year, his efficiency is barely above league average. He's gone from being the most efficient player in the league to basically league average, just slightly above league average. A short average. period of time, too. And that is concerning. Um, that on, on the grand scale for the last three years is very concerning. He's shooting the lowest percentage from the field since his rookie season. This is concerning. He's showing the, the worst three-point percentage since his second season. This game in and of itself, we just we move on. Uh, overall, they need West because Westbrook's going to have the ball less. Right. They need his efficiency to rise. Right. Instead Absolutely. of taking a precipitous drop, and that was the one red flag I think about this trade. It doesn't mean it won't work, but when I saw that, I said, you know what? The Thunder may be looking at that and saying. Even though Russell wanted out, may now be the time because he may be on a trend. And that's something to keep an eye on. What do you? I mean, I think this has a lot to do with what he's had to do over the last few years in Oklahoma City. I mean, he averaged a triple-double for three straight years. That's a lot of wear and tear. I mean, you're going out there, putting it online, and we all know the effort he gives. He's 31 now. I mean, 
the athleticism ain't where it's not where it used to be a few years ago. So I just believe this is all a part of the wear and tear over the years. I think you're right, Paul. But I also think that if anybody in the league would tell you that counting numbers matters yeah, less, yeah, absolutely, would be the Rockets. I right. mean, as you get older, yes. it doesn't get any easier. I agree. With and that. so you know, maybe he needs to change his game a little bit to where he could become more efficient or the way he works on his game. I mean, he'll find adjustment. I think he's smart enough to, to learn that. And uh, we have yet to see, but maybe he will. Are you seeing an athleticism drop? Because that was, of course, always the concern. And I mean, frankly, with that contract, based that you on where he was, say, three years ago now, I mean, he's still one of the top 10 athletes in the league. Okay. What I mean, I'm seeing is a broken jump shot. Yeah, like I mean, a broken okay. jump shot and, and poor free throw shooting. Right. Yeah. I mean, I eventually think he'll lose some of the hop because everybody yeah, does. He has Age to find a way to get easier baskets. He has I'm to get sure more layups and transition. I mean, if we, he, he's able to do that, you'll see his field goal rise. And he has to become a better spot-up shooter in the Dantoni system. Yep. That's yeah, true. absolutely. We will see what comes of it. Another 50? We'll see. Last night, the Heat became the only team to win a game in Toronto this season. It's pretty, so something pretty cool about both of those clubs. Is Miami good? Or really good. We will discuss. Stay tuned. First, though, it's time for today's Distant Replay. This is brought to you by the United States Postal Service. This date, 2004, featuring Marcus Camby. You have to stop them every time down the floor now. Ooh. Oh, I thought it was going to be a gift saying get out of here. By the way, this is 2004. How fuzzy is that video? <laughs> there was no HD then. Well, Rachel, back when we were kids, we didn't have HD. Oh, you should not hear it. Well, yeah, you were here. That might have been Paul a VCR tape also. The Jump is presented by Marathon, fueling the American spirit. It's a make or miss league. It's a make or miss league. I'm not any sure about that. It's a make or miss league. Rachel, it's a make or miss league. How many times do I have to tell you? I mean, apparently more every day. Make elevation. Lakers, Nuggets in Denver. Danny Green will miss here. But Alex Caruso, also known as the Bald Eagle, soars in. (laughs) The legend continues to grow day by day. Uh, Dave McMenamin is on record as saying after LeBron, he's the second most athletic Laker. Yes. And... Who coined the nickname? That's what I would like to know. I don't know, but it's great. They had a trademark it. (laughs) I mean, I think he's got it. Just doesn't he have to like go for the shape? Like, not the whole. I don't want like no, the whole shape head, but just about the shorter. Just a little shorter. You don't shorter. like that nickname? Oh, no. We're, Come on, we got to reevaluate that. Come on. Dun, dun, dun. He's soaring in for the. <laughs> no? Okay. Producer Steve's like, yeah, get, move it, move it. Miss Balance. Isaiah Thomas playing defense, and he loses his shoe. This is not the first time this has happened just this year. I mean, we know of times in the past, but look at it. Like, this year, this has happened a bunch of times. Do you guys need to learn how to tie their laces better, Paul? Like, what are we talking here? Or wear their actual shoe size. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe they're too big for them. He got, I will say, so this one was weird. And then, by the way, doesn't he, like, go try to pick up? Someone went to go pick up the shoe while defending, which I thought was a mistake. So I consulted Nate Bronson, who is our shoe our expert, shoe expert here. here. He yeah. says I mean, it's uh, because all these guys are wearing low tops. Let's see what brand it is. We should do a brand comparison and of see which brand fall off. brands are Nate falling off. Nate says it's not the brand, Cross it's brand. design, all low it's tops. design. I do think IT, though, not only carried the shoe back, but got it all back on in one motion, which I was pretty impressed with. But that goes to your point about it not being laced that tight. You can just jam your foot back in there. Make oh, disrespect Duke, Michigan State. Trey Jones out and running. Crosses up MSU oh, Foster man, Lawyer. Let's see a on him. Watch the official. Oh, oh my Steps goodness. Watch the and official. And then Lawyer gets oh, called for the foul. Oh, wow. And the official points at him. <laughs> Look at this. 
Oh, first he went behind the back, he fall, then I come on, man. Oh no. Draymond Green oh, in the no. building. We for got, this I got game. some words. I, I gotta get up. I'm not letting this go. <laughs> I gotta get I'm no. What it's happens not if happen. that's you? If, if you that's are... me on the ground, I'm getting up we we might go to blows. <laughs> Seriously. No, you can't just was the call on that me he was in and then step though? on me. Come on now. This ain't right. Well, it doesn't. I mean, it looks accidental, but still, come on, man. You gotta let that come down. Rachel, I don't allow defenders to be shamed. In this case, I'll allow it. You'll allow to be shamed. This (laughs) defense is back. (laughs) Luca dropping an easy 33, 18, and 5 in 28 minutes. Easy. Paul, I don't know how you defend this guy. Look at these highlights. His new nickname, a la Baron Davis, no respect to you, but he's making it look too easy. <laughs> Wait, we used to no call respect- Baron Davis Wait, you're too no easy. respecting Baron Davis? No, but we used to call Baron Davis too, too easy because he made the game look so easy. But this guy, psh, look at this. He doesn't look like he moves that fast, but yet he does. He does. Uh-huh. Sort of like how my moves were. You know, it didn't look that's too fast. True. I agree with you. But on then that. I created that space. I'm saying though. Well, sometimes I you actually think that that's a good. <laughs> I think that's a great point because people would people say wonder, like, how did too. Paul Pierce end up with 35 and 4? Yeah. You know what? That was kind of a, a move of yours that you would make. I, I had that in my game. I had that. Oh, right you there did. Make a little synchronization <laughs> is back. Shout out, Wob. All right, both LeBron and AD dropping 25 points on identical line of 18 shooting from the field, and then they had the little synchronized moment. Watch here. And kind of right. Hopefully so. I guess it's safe to say that they're in sync. Right? Oh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> like Justin oh, and Lance. Man. They were meant for one another. Joey. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, love it, I love it. I love it. I love it. There you go. Um, Big brother with little brother. There you go. The Heat had an impressive win over the Raptors in overtime last night. They are the first road team to win in Toronto all season. Jimmy Butler had a triple-double with 22, 13, and 12. He missed what would have been the game winner in regulation, and boy, did he make up for it in the overtime. He he was tremendous. Miami also the only road team to win in Milwaukee this year. Mm -hmm. So they've gone into these other Eastern Conference cities, Paul, and taken some lunch money. So are they good, or are they really good? I'm going to say they're good right now. Okay. And this is why. They're 10-1 and in the Eastern Conference. 5-4 and versus the Western Conference. So you know that the East... You don't know what's going to happen. You're going to have a team that's going to be under 500 make the playoffs most likely. And so until I see their record versus better teams in the Western Conference become better, then I don't know. They're good. I don't, I'm not sure they're a contender, but they play hard. And they develop a culture down there. Jimmy Butler's their leader. Spolstra, Pat Riley. You just know you better play hard when you play Miami because they can be anybody on any given night. So they're good right now. And we'll, well see later in the year. They, I'll tell you how good they are. They are also undefeated at home. Yeah. And um, they also have shown... Not also, they are undefeated at home while the Bucks and Raptors are not. That's right. And they got a chance at the Celtics tonight. Although it's, yep. a, hard, it's a hard back-to-back. Yep. Um, you know, when you look at their backcourt, it's one of the most prolific backcourts, one through four. Although they, last night they did it without Dragic. Mm-hmm. Um, and last night you saw a classic example of why the Heat are different this year. Jimmy Butler just took over this game down the stretch. And the Heat are a team that have generally been a 500 team for the last few years, and they've played so many games that could have gone either way. And sometimes they had heroic moments, and sometimes they had tough losses. When you had a guy like Jimmy Butler, it's like worth five or six wins to them, I really do believe, because not not just on average, but just on the way they, they play the game. So this is a classic example of a game that they would have lost over the last two years if they won last night. And tonight will be a great test for them, especially yeah. since Eric Spolstra won't be there.
Here's what I have. That's right, Eric Spolstra. Congratulations to him. The birth of his second child flew home for that. Um, so he will not be coaching on the sideline tonight. I will say, Paul, you can only play the teams in front of you. So they're in the Absolutely. Eastern Conference. Absolutely. That's who they got to play. That's who they got to play. We'll see, though. And you also, by the way, can reach the finals by only playing Eastern Conference teams once the middle of April starts. But I still so, believe that Toronto, <laughs> I still believe Toronto and Milwaukee are a step ahead of them. Yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. We Even will. though they won in these places, I still believe they got the knock. It's fun in the East that we feel like we have a legitimate top four race. I could not tell you who of those four teams is going to end up in the Eastern Conference Finals. And that's a huge compliment to the Heat. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And to the Raptors, yes. frankly, because that's sure. not where people thought they were going to be. Boston, too, is in there, so we'll see. Coming up, we'll talk about Lakers coach Frank Vogel. He thinks Anthony Davis will win Defensive Player of the Year. So we'll discuss here. We're almost at the quarter mark, Brian. Some teams are. So it is time to yeah. start having these discussions. Who should win this award? We'll talk about it after the break. Get your candidates ready. I can't do this, don't give up thing all by myself. This whole fight, this journey thing is not a solo venture. This is something that requires support. Today, to honor our friend Stuart Scott and to drive awareness for cancer research, we are celebrating Stuart Scott Day across ESPN. You can help support the Stuart Scott Cancer Research Fund. Go to v.org slash donate. Guys, look, we're wearing the T-shirts around ESPN today, a little booyah action here. I like it, I like it. Um, Paul, it's funny, we forget sometimes that Stuart was known for interviewing famous athletes, but it's the famous athletes that wanted to come meet Stuart. What do you remember when you guys were in college? Right? I remember first meeting them in college. We were the number one team in the nation at Kansas University, playing Connecticut. We go in the Sports Center studio in Connecticut, and it's like we get a chance to be on set with Stuart Scott. And I just remember I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to wake up on those mornings uh, after the Bulls finals, and he's giving the highlights the next morning. Some of the things he would say. I mean, he just brought the game to life. It made you want to, like, watch the highlight and just, like, you felt like you were a part of it. And uh, it was an honor to meet him. He presented me with an uh, interview in uh, NBA Finals in 2008. So, you know, I had my time to be around him, ESPY Awards, and uh, very iconic. I mean, one of a kind. Yeah, and the way he lived, obviously, and to the, your point, just, just the fun stuff. Oh, it was but so the way fun he lived to watch when his he highlights. beat cancer, and that's what he talked about in his V speech. And mm-hmm. it's, it is still worth Queuing up on YouTube and watching again, oh, I still do. it is something that uh, he left us with that will make everyone's lives a little better. And you guys can go to the V Foundation website and make other people's lives a little better in his memory. And I urge you all to do that today. We miss you, Stuart, very, you very stop. much. All right, the Lakers, let's talk about them. He would have had a lot of fun looking at this Lakers season so far. 18-3 and last night with their win over the Nuggets, and a big reason for their success has been their defense. Anthony Davis, yes. second in the league in block shots per game, has been key to the Lakers' top five defensive rating. Frank Vogel knows it, wants everyone else to recognize it as well. Here is what Coach Vogel said, quote, I think he can and will win Defensive Player of the Year. I think there's no one in the league like him defensively in terms of being able to guard all positions, protect the rim the way he does, and deflect the basketball, contain the basketball. It's never too early for awards, Paul. So do you agree with Frank Well, Frank, Frank Vogel, let me warn you, my guy. There is someone like him. His name is the Greek freak who can defend all five <laughs> positions all night. Yes. I think Anthony Davis can defend four positions. You know, he's going to be in the run for defensive player of the year. But if you say, Anthony Davis, I need you to guard the point guard all night. I don't know if he can do that. If you say that's a Greek freak, 
he can definitely get that done. So it's going to be, I think it's a two-man race now. But I get an edge to Greek Freak. Wouldn't it be hilarious if a uh, coach was like, nah, he can't win Defensive Player of the Year. I think they just didn't read the best. Um, this was a Defensive Player of the Year moment, though, last night. For yeah. Him. In the last few minutes of that game where he was switching on to Jamal Murray and shutting him down, playing Jokic head up, not needing help. Right. Don't need to help a player like I mean, that. Come on, I mean, Jokic is having a down year now. Come Fair on, enough, I mean, you talking about Anthony Davis, how athletic he is versus a Jokic, first team All NBA player. It was last year, awesome. definitely not this awesome. year. I last year. I thought it was an awesome moment, and it is the reason why he's such a valuable player. That type of defense, that type of situational, what you know, what is coming, half court defense is what you need in the postseason. That's why they're excited. I don't really care whether he wins it or not. I'm sure he cares. I look at that and think about, you know, Denver could play the Lakers in a playoff series and it could come down to a play like that. And having Anthony Davis not needing help and let everybody stay home could be a difference in a playoff game. That's what I'm thinking. Paul, Anthony Davis used to be a point guard. Before he had that big growth I mean, spurt at the end of high school. 10 inches in one year. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you, you voted for Giannis as defensive player of the year last year. I did. So are you leaving the Giannis camp? No, I'm just, you go more I'm over complimenting. I'm not going to pick an award winner in December, but I, I'm complimenting uh, how great. No, he's been great though. Yeah. He's, he's definitely up there. All right. Well, you mentioned Jokic. Indeed, Nikola Jokic affected by the Lakers' stifling defense. He shot four for 12, 13 points total, had five turnovers. And look, it's not just last night's game where he has been struggling. Over his last four, Jokic is averaging just nine points. He had a rough patch, Brian, at the start of the season, then seemed to improve. He had one or two games there where, like, yep, he's back. He looks like the old Nikola. And then this. What do you think his struggles are here? Well, this is the thing about Jokic is that he has an ebb and flow at times on on his shot totals. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he goes through stretches where he doesn't get shots. And they could argue, well, he still impacts the game massively because he's such a great passer. And that's true. But in a game like this, you really need him to take the lead. And this really comes to the core of what everybody says where they're worried about the Nuggets as a contender. Do they have somebody that when they have, when they absolutely have to get it, can deliver? And no. in this game, no. Jokic couldn't deliver. And, you know, everybody has a down day or a down week or whatever, but he's got to deliver in a game like this. The Lakers took this game really, really seriously. Mm-hmm. As they should. And the Nuggets coming off a loss at home, mm-hmm. I was expecting a lot more from Jokic. It, look, you're going you're to miss some shots, but he didn't even demand the ball at times. This is this is the real thing about the Nuggets. Can they overcome this? Is this this is something they've been dealing with? He was a top years. five player last year. This year, not so much. I don't think he came into camp in great shape. I still don't think he's in great shape. And um, if they don't have a consistent consensus top five player, if you don't have that on your team, you're not a contender. Yeah. Period. And that's why the way he's playing, they're not going to be a contender this year. I'm sorry. Well, his quote last night was, right now I'm struggling. Coach, he's a smart guy. He's not going to give me the ball to a guy who's not making shots. I'm cool it's with it. It's not on said. the coach. When you're the guy, and I've been the guy, it's not on the coach. Right. It's on me. You out there, like, hey, come this way. This is what we running. Bring it in. Let's do this. When you're the guy, you demand it. And don't say nothing about the coach. Nobody wants to hear that. Okay. Right. Coming up, Kevin Garnett. You know him, Paul. He says that KD and Kyrie should have chosen the Knicks in free agency this past summer. Is that BS or real talk? We will play around of one of our favorite games. First, though, here's what the jump recommends for today. I am so excited to listen to this on my way home from work today. Doris Burke is a guest on Julie Foudy's Laughter Permitted podcast. Here's a story from Doris about seeing Coach Pop in the hallway after the Spurs lost to the Heat in the 2013 finals. Take a listen. 
I happen to be walking in the direction that Pop is coming from after Game 7 loss. Mm. And I I don't even want to make eye contact. We briefly did, but I step off to the side to let this man who's just experienced this loss go. And he just, he grabs me by the shoulders and he says, now what will you do now that the season is over? He's had the most devastating loss of his professional. You want to talk about perspective. And I'm nervous speaking. I said, coach, I'm going to go to Napa. And he goes, call my secretary, give her your email. And within days of that, he sends me the longest email with every stop I need to go to. Wow. Can you imagine that, you guys? Julie, you've experienced the highs and lows of, you know, the highest level of your sport. You know the heartbreak. You know the joy. The lowest moment of your professional career, and that man's going to do that. Welcome back to The Jump. Fuel. By Marathon. Watch Sports Center at 6 o'clock Eastern after PTI Sage and Kevin. That's on ESPN and the app. All right, friends, now it's time for. The ball deserves to go in the crowd after a bull move like that. I think it's bull. I just thought it was uh, bull. Don't give me that crap. Oh, God. So good. That's right. It's time for one of our favorite games, BS or Real Talk. First up, Luka Doncic and the Mavericks are hosting the Timberwolves tonight. And Jeff Teague had some very kind words to say about Luka. Take a listen. He's arguably probably the best player in the NBA right now. Um, so try to make him see a lot of bodies. Uh, I'm not really sure, man. It looks like no one can stop him right now. So hopefully we can just figure out a scheme and try to slow him down. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> we get this sentence out of him. Jeff Teague is saying Luka Doncic is arguably, maybe arguably, like, saves it a little bit, the best player in the league, in the NBA right now. BS or real talk? <gasps> no, Are, I'll tell arguable. you why. And I'll tell you why. Because, it's arguable. No, no, no. I can't give a <laughs> guy without the body of so work. Yeah, he's arguably having the best year in the NBA. But when you How talk about you the best sentence? player, I mean, if that's the case, I mean, is Harden the best player? I mean, based on what he's done the last four years, I mean, he's having well, arguably a, we, the best we, year. But to say the best player, arguably, I mean, I mean what's what arguably? What you did four years ago, does all that right, matter right. right now? Jeff Teague is arguably the best player in the league. I mean, no, we could not. argue that's, something. Sorry, I mean, you could argue like true. 50 different players. Now, what range is it that you say, how many players have to be in the argument for it to be an argument? Uh, two, which in this case, he's <laughs> well, like Well, we we, you've got LeBron Greek Freak, so he's, he's in that average, argument. But, I mean, we're talking – Best player, not best statistics. See where it says right now, right now, best right now. We're not player. talking four years ago. Right now, he's, he's averaging a 34 He's having double. one of the best seasons, but we're talking about player. I know, but right now, that's the season we're arguing about. No, I have – Are we well, arguing? Because that means it's arguable, real talk. What are we doing? Let's right. move on to the next one. <laughs> right, but just because you make it an argument doesn't mean – Right. Yeah, you're going to put argue. your thing up. So well, gonna, well, no, but here's here, – look, I am I am Best amazed, player, maybe best dazzled. year. I can't believe what Luke is doing. I'm so impressed with Luke yeah. is doing. I have started the show talking about the amazing things Luca is doing. No one has been more more just on Luca's season this year and frankly on drafting him and the fact that he should have gotten number one than here at the jump or me. But here is my question to you, Brian. If you had to win a basketball game, Bill Simmons old, if the aliens were coming and said you have pick and pick sides. No, and I the wouldn't, whole but earth, that's not no, what no, the no, question no. is. That is best what the question player. is. Not who's having the best season. That's not what that's he said. That's what I'm saying. Who is the best? Best 
player. If you had to put the fate of the universe in the hands of one man with I a basketball, like it could happen. Like You've that. seen the I Alien like movies. Is like Luka Doncic who the put it in The question that was posed to me is, are he arguably Giannis the best player in the NBA right now? LeBron. Not right yes. now. He is Not arguably right the best. Kevin Durant. I mean, he's kind of out of the discussion Whatever. right now. I'm just telling you, oh you wouldn't pick Luca. All right, so you wouldn't pick Kevin Durant. How many right guys now? do you have okay. that's arguably then two or three? Oh, I mean, you can say that about Embiid. I mean, of oh, course, Greek Freak, Durant when he's, he's healthy, Curry when he's healthy. There's a difference between Argument. best season and best player, and right. I can expound oh on that with the MVP Just debate, but we won't do that. Oh Let's talk about your old teammate, Paul, and your still good friend, Kevin Garnett. He's been making the rounds promoting his new movie, Uncut Gems, which is very funny, and he's very good in it. And he has some thoughts about Kyrie leaving Boston to join up with Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. Here is what KG said. Quote, if they did the Nets, I mean, I thought they should have done the Knicks, if I'm being honest. And I'm not a Knicks fan by far, but if they came to the city and dominate man, the first superstar to hit New York and be vibing is going to be bigger than life. Remember I said that. Any piece of hope in this city is going to skyrocket. People are waiting. All right, so it's Kevin Garnett saying that <laughs> Kevin Durant and Kyrie Ooh. should have chosen the Knicks, BS, or Wheel Talk. Let's go. You know what, Signs KG? Up. You're my boy and all, and you always keeping it 100. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you that right now. That's the real truth. I mean, think about it. Think about Knicks would lead the league in jersey sales right now if those two were. KD would be in commercials even though he's hurt yeah. if he was on the Knicks. Kyrie, too. You know, isn't KD like, still seriously. in commercials? No. I'm talking about he didn't have like 10 commercials out right now, and he's not even playing if he was playing for the Knicks. We know that. This is a Gen Same X, with Kyrie. This is a Gen X opinion in a millennial age. Okay. That you have to be. You, that you Instagram have to be followers would have went up five more million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? The, the Nets have a better organization right now. Well, but here's I, mean, a, I don't know if they should they, have. We're joined talking in. about the brand of right. the Knicks you, worldwide. You don't have to be a Nick to have a huge, a huge brand. That's been proven. But we already know the, the, on the shadow brand with those two on it is. You know way what? Way more popular. Kevin than Durant got Brooklyn's a movie right made, now. albeit it was a bad movie, <laughs> while he was on the Thunder. Kyrie got a movie made, albeit it was of a shaky movie. Of course, they're superstars. On, on the Cavs. You don't have to be a Nick to get, get a movie made. Yeah, Russell Westbrook no, pointed out no, he had you three don't have national to get a, commercials we're talking about When you talk about brand recognition and what these kids are all about now, if you're on the Knicks, your brand skyrockets to a new level. We know that worldwide. We already know where they are in the States. We already know where they are, I, where I, they I, play. I, I do think that there's some truth to that for the Lakers because of their popularity in China. But the Knicks don't have that kind of popularity. No, so here's the thing. I'm not saying they should or should not have gone to the Knicks. I think there's a lot of value. I'm sorry, Richard. No, no, no. I think there's a lot of value in them picking the better organization, right? So I don't know if they should have gone to the Knicks. The second part of his statement, where he says the the first guy to really come to New York, how long has it been? since New York has had a legit, legit superstar. Carmelo Anthony at his height, but I don't know if that would equal Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving together at no. their height. Again, right? we're having strange like, parallel conversations. Would the Knicks being great be terrific for uh, a player, and could they elevate their brand? Yes. The question again here, let's read the bottom. 
Should they have signed with the Knicks ahead of the Nets? Well, that's the, that's, that's right. what we're talking about. But in terms of, yes, yeah, the, because, first, the first mega yeah, superstar got more money. to blow up with the Knicks and re-elevate the Knicks after the desert they have been wandering in, I think is a, is a unique Lance situation. got like one of the best shoe contracts in history. Michigan State held a ceremony for Draymond Green last night. Congratulations. Retiring his number, Draymond's family. Paul, bury bygones, be bygones. Clap for Draymond. I don't Come have on. no issues with, my, with Draymond. Draymond is a great player. Warriors teammates to support him. He was interviewed during the game. Here's what he said about them being there. You know, to see Joe, Bob, Clay, uh, Steph couldn't be here because he has some things going on. Zaza, Johnny West, um, you know, the Kegels, like D'Angelo, like that's what it's about. You know, that, that shows that you're leaving a mark somewhere, you know, for all of those guys to come back and support me. Um, you know, it, it really means the world to me that, and that, is the reason I say I want to be a warrior for life. Draymond Green, warrior for life. BOS or real talk? You guys going to agree? I have to, like, negotiate That's whether it means talk. right. I mean, I have to negotiate what this oh, means. Oh, oh, look. Look, you don't because you agree. Look at that. Boom. Well, by, signed by, him, by, by him saying he want to be a warrior, that's where he's always going to be remembered. You know, yeah. he'll go to another team maybe down the road. Nobody will remember that. Like, people don't remember I played for the Clippers or, 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 or the Nets. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? People, people don't even remember that. Well, people will he remember that Nets deal But if he had played for the Knicks, they would always remember it forevermore. <laughs> is that not right? He wants to be a warrior for life. It's always a Knicks. <laughs> I wanted to be a Celtic for life. That's the this only is thing where I he say. left his mark. He wants to be a warrior for life. That is real talk. Very few guys actually you know what? get that. And if you wanted to be a Celtics for life, you should have got that no trade clause, and he should have got it too if he wanted to be a warrior. It wasn't giving those. It was only like one person in the league that okay. had that, like well. Kobe. We have to take a break. <laughs> There's some really good stuff in the next anyway. block, though, so please hang it. with us. Trey Young saying the constant comparisons to Luka Doncic, Brian's best player in the NBA after the draft night trade bother him. Will the comps ever go away? Stick around. First, though, time for our second distant replay of the day. This one, Kobe Bean Bryant on Kobe. this date in 2009. Uh-oh, what? Basket's the other way. Off the glass. Matter. Did you call Bank? Did you call Bank, Cody? Did you call Bank? That is real talk, the greatest post-game interview in history. He absolutely was. That's real talk. I called Game. Hanging out with Pablo, high noon is minutes away, and we will discuss if the NBA owes the Rockets a game. Should Tua Tungavailoa skip the NFL draft for another year at Alabama? Is Anthony Davis the best player in the league? And a Steelers player who has no regrets about that brawl with the Browns. Stay tuned. Bet you can guess which one it is. The Jump is presented by Marathon, fueling the American spirit. ACC Big Ten Challenge continues tonight. Notre Dame taking on number three, Maryland, at 7.30 Eastern. And then it's number six, Ohio State. Brian Windhorst squaring off against Cole Anthony, Greg's son, and number seven, North Carolina, in Chapel Hill. Don't miss this Friday's doubleheader on ESPN and the ESPN app here. Either Nuggets Celtics at 8 Eastern. And then the Lakers take on the Blazers. Little Carmelo and uh, LeBron reunion. Damian Lewis is going to have something to say about that game, too. Coverage begins with NBA Countdown. 7 o'clock Eastern. So it's crunch time here on The Jump. Here is Bradley Beal talking about Paul Pierce on the Woj Pod. Here for it. Like, at first I thought Paul was a pure Like, I thought he hated everybody. I thought he didn't like people. I thought he wasn't a people person at all. <laughs> uh, 
but it was just the, the complete opposite. You know, like he rides for his team. Like if you're his teammate, you're his boy. Like that's just how he is. But if you're on the opposite team, you know, he's he not talking to you. He's not messing with you. And so I, I've learned that and kind of developed that same mental. You know, it's it's in a way. Paul, you and Brad played together for if one season. If he was Lucas' teammate, he'd say he's the best player right now. <laughs> I'll ride with my team. He's right. And that's what gave me my edge. That's who I was. Mm-hmm. You know, now you see everybody's friends and they take it light on each other. I never wanted to do that because I'm not taking it light on you. Mm-hmm. You know, we can be cool maybe later down the road, but during the season, these my teammates, I'm with them. Y'all over there, y'all over there. Leave me alone. I'm out to take your head off. Old school mentality. And you don't see that no more. I covered a dozen plus playoff series with this man. <laughs> One of the most enjoyable ever guys ever covered in the playoffs because he took it so seriously yeah. and he he More took friends. some teams out mentally. <laughs> he took some teams out mentally. I like That's that it. Brad says that it still has an impact on him today. Your impact on that Wizards team just in that one year I think was so huge. Impact on the Raptors that year was pretty Really <laughs> questionable why that didn't continue. Markel Fultz scored a career-high 20 last night. It was against the Wizards of the worst defense in the NBA. Great offense, though. Brian, how significant is this? Just like in the in the micro, mm-hmm. the, the Magic badly needs scoring. They're one yeah. of the worst offensive teams in the league. Vucevic is out. They gotta have points. So while it's a nice moment for him, <laughs> they have got to get points. So they're gonna need more of this in the future if they're gonna try to stay in the playoff race. He's, he's trending upward. I, I just like the fact that he's out yes. there this year. Yes. I just like that. I mean, period. Absolutely. Look, I think anytime he's watching the ball go in the basket, that's a good thing. And he had a tremendous coat on after the game. So he's arguably one of the most important also. players he's for the match. Arguably right a top thirty point guard in mm-hmm. the league. Arguably. <laughs> arguably. Again, arguably. aliens. One day, the ball. Everything's We're talk arguable. about that. Mm-hmm. Luka Doncic has been drawing <laughs> lots of MVP buzz this season. And at this table, the reminders and comparisons for Trey Young of their draft night trade continue to be unavoidable. Trey sat down with our voice young. Take a listen to them discussing that. Does it bother you that people can't seem to separate you two guys just because of what happened on draft night? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's, I mean, it, it bothers me just because, I mean, I, I just love playing. Like, I love playing basketball. Um, I know he does. So um, it's two totally different situations, two totally different players. Um, I mean, playing well and playing well is just let it be. So for me, it's, it's, uh, it comes with it, but, I mean, it gets annoying. Do you think Trey's ever going to move past that draft night trade? I mean, he, I personally, I think, has moved past it. But, unfortunately, I can just tell you that it's going to be difficult. You know, I just remember Chris Paul and Darren Williams for almost a decade. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had many arguments about that one. Um, How'd that go for you? I, I was on Darren, Team Darren Williams. It didn't work out so well. I was also on Team Ryan Leaf, which my friends will tell you. This was always going to happen. For one, they play the same position. You might not be asked position. back tomorrow. <laughs> they play the same that position. Was so they're always going to be linked. Right. Well, and the trade. And look, I will continue to remind people, and this is not a slight to Trey Young, but the trade went in the direction that they got a first-round pick along with Trey mm-hmm. Young. So it was not a straight-up trade. And there is something you could say. There are teams that passed on Luka Doncic at number one and two that you just can look now and say, ah, guys, what are you thinking, especially with the Kings? But with the Hawks, you could say, hey, they weren't unsure exactly what Luka was going to be coming out of Europe. They hedged their bet by drafting Trey, who is going to be a player in this league. You know that already. And getting a first-round pick out of it. So so that's why I think sometimes the comparison is unfair. But what did that first-round pick turn into? They used it to help move up. And they ended up with Cam Reddish. Um, and DeAndre Hunter in this year's draft. So they, they sort of uh, used it. 
Uh, multiple players. I, I just, you know, the link, when we talk about the link between them, don't forget that the pick You can defend Trey, not a trade but the reality team. is it's not going away. Right. Mark Spears recently interviewed Chris Paul for The Undefeated, speaking of whom. Uh, they discussed his current role on this Young Thunder roster. CP3 also revealed how surprised he was when Rockets GM Daryl Morey informed him he was being traded back to OKC in July. You know why? Well, he'll tell you why. I was shocked, Chris said. Truth be told, I just talked to Daryl a couple days before the trade, and he said he wasn't going to trade me to Oklahoma City. That's funny because that is going to be the alert that pops up on everyone's phone because nobody knows that. But what the hell? I just said it. All right, Paul, you have been traded. You've been around yeah. a lot of players who've been dealt. How often are players told, no, 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 we're not going to make that deal. You won't be included. Uh, in that I, I'm not included because Danny Ainge was straightforward with us. He was like, there's a possibility, Paul, you, Kevin, Ray. He brought us in the room. But this happens Quite a lot. It happened to DeMar DeRozan. Mm-hmm. Remember we saw that? He was sitting with Masai in the summer in Vegas. Yeah, summer league. Like, he's not going to I like the you. David Griffin rule, which yeah. is no matter when you ask him, everybody's available to be traded. Right. Everybody. Right. Well, what if the player personally came to you like, are you going to trade me? Like, that's kind of hard to have that conversation with your star player. My understanding is you that know. Chris knew that this deal was percolating and that he was all for it with the idea that Russell would join him. And James. Yeah, but he needed to look and see how that was probably going to be hard to happen. And so I believe he went to Daryl being like, well, I'm not going to get dealt. I understand his feelings. I don't know. That's it for us. Thanks to Brian Windhorst and Parr Pierce. They will be arguing who's the best player in the league tomorrow. Arguably. Eastern on ESPN. I'm still the best player.